Uh, good morning. Nope, it's still going. <laughs> Chris made this uh, bumper video and he was really excited about it, Pastor Chris. So we're going to be talking about praying dangerous prayers over the next couple of weeks um, in this season. And I just need to tell you guys, um, I had like nine million different ways that I was going to start this um, message today. But I just want to start by saying I am so glad to be your pastor. When the band was up here worshiping, leading us in singing and worshiping a God who is love... When, when they were praying and thanking God for what it is God has done, when they were practicing, when people in the Horizon Kids ministry who were leading that today just showed up and did what needed to be done, I'm just so proud to be the pastor of a church that rolls their sleeves up and serves the God who loves us so very much and who makes sure that everybody in this city knows about it. I'm so glad to be your pastor, and I'm so glad to be called to shine light and ignite change with Horizon Church. So thank y'all for being here. Let's just give each other. I'm so glad y'all are here and you're part of what we're doing and this community changing. So we're going to be talking about dangerous prayers. So um, this week I was sitting with my kids around the table and I realized even as a pastor that this is the way I was teaching my kids to pray. They bowed their head and they said, thank you God for our food, amen. And it was over. And right after that I turned on the news as they were taking a bath and I, I saw pictures of mothers hold in the safest spot they could find with their children in Ukraine. And I realized I was teaching my kids to just go through the motions of prayer. Thank you, God, for this food. When the moms of Ukrainian children were on their knees thanking God for their safety to make it through the night. Ukrainian moms and dads, brothers and sisters, leaders and friends on their knees praying for a miracle. We see glimpses of them, but we join them in praying for that today. So before we get started, I just want us to take just a second. If you'll bow your head, I'm going to pray right now for Ukraine and for um, just the people in our world. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to worship you here with other people who believe in your power. We lift up to you right now the people of Ukraine. We pray right now, God, a miracle over that land. We pray, God, that the, the, cease, the fighting will cease and that your will will be done in this world. Show us what it is you want us to do to be agents of peace and justice, goodness and love. And God, we just pray that right now. Amen. I realize that these, these moms are praying these powerful prayers over their children. And here I am just teaching my kids to say thank you for our food. I was ready for my own prayer life to be something more than just going through the motions. So uh, we're starting a series called Dangerous Prayers. And the first sort of series, the first message in this series was going to be praying with power. And I, I began to think about, as, as I watched those, those folks hold up in safety, trying to take care of one another, I, I thought about the moments in my own life when people had prayed over me with power. And the experience that came to mind first was um, I served as a pastor in a church inside a women's prison. So this wasn't a prison ministry. 
this was a for real like church inside the women's prison. So the board, the leadership board was made up of women who were in prison. We had a few folks who lived on the outside of the prison who came in and sort of helped advise us. But they're the ones who read the liter- like read the scripture as a part of worship. They're the ones who led Bible studies. They're the ones who invited to worship. This was their church and I was simply their pastor for 12 weeks. It was one of the most incredible experiences of my entire life. And the way they kind of funded this was they had people like me, interns, who could just sort of be there and not need to be paid. So we were there on a volunteer basis. So I did my 12-week round with this church um, of women. It's called Grace Place United Methodist Church, the women's prison in Memphis, Tennessee. It's actually been shut down and moved somewhere else. But this is where it is. And every Friday night, we would gather in a chapel made of cinder block. Um, It was just a plain white room with a you know, the plain tile on the floor and they'd set chairs up. And that was our worship space every Friday night. We sang a cappella with these women. Some of them could sing, a lot of them could not. I'm just being honest with you, but we sang with no music. And it was a beautiful, beautiful experience for 12 weeks. And on the very last week, I remember we'd been through sort of the, the motions of the worship service. I'd shared the message about Mary and Martha and about them, them worshiping at the feet of Jesus. And I remember towards the end of the service, there's always a guard, an, an officer in the room with you um, during this service. So it's me, this officer, and 75 or 100 women. Now, because it wasn't my church and my ministry, these women did a really good job of saying, if you're going to be here, we want you to be really committed to being followers of Jesus. The point of us worshiping in the midst of this prison is to to find the freedom that we can only find through God. And so we want you to be committed to that if you're coming. I don't want you messing up or, or being silly or doing whatever. So they sort of took care of that. So I literally was just the pastor. I just sort of led these women. And, and the guard is standing in the back and I'm standing in the front and I finished preaching. And it it's my last day with these women. And a woman who'd been in prison longer Then I'd been alive. Her name was Bessie Dodd. She stood up as I asked everyone to bow their heads and pray. She said, Pastor Erica, I want to stop this worship service. I said, okay. And she said, I think we need to pray. And I said, well, that's what I was about to do, doll. Um, Do you want me to pray or you want to pray? And she said, no, I, I I need you to know something, Erica. I believe the power of the Holy Spirit is on you, and I don't want to miss this opportunity. For 12 weeks, you've been our favorite intern, and they weren't saying that because I was their favorite intern. It's just because I showed up and did what I was supposed to. They said, you've been our favorite, and we know what it's like to find God's love and freedom in a prison. And we are not leaving here anytime soon, and we need you, Erica, to start churches just like this on the outside in the free world because there are lots of people and they started naming their family members she started naming them who are living in prisons of their own and they need to know God's freedom and God's power in the midst of the prisons they're experiencing and we believe God has called you and given you power and purpose to do that I kid you not she says this it still sends cold chills on me and she says I think we all need to come up and lay our hands on you and pray and all hundred women stood up at the same time and they followed all to the front of that, of that place and I kneeled because they couldn't all get their hands on my shoulders without me doing that 
and I kneeled, and as many of them as could put their hands on my shoulders, and they put their hands on each other, and they started to pray over me that God would use me to start new churches that would help break down prison walls for people in the free world. Whenever there are moments that I want to quit and give up, I remember the weight of those hands. Those hands that knew the power of God to forgive and break open prisons. I remember the weight of those hands on my shoulders. I remember the words, we can't leave this place, but we can pray for you to do the work of God out in the free world. I say that because we all have a responsibility to look around at the prisons people are living in and do our part to speak God's freedom into these places. And it's time we start praying for those. I read Acts 4 this week. It's, it's a book in the Bible about the early church starting. Jesus has, has died. He's rose again above the powers of sin and death. And there are, there are people, there are people who followed him for three years who are 110% committed to keeping the movement of Jesus alive and going. John is one of their names, Peter. Um, there, there's all kinds of, of guys and, and girls who are starting these, Lydia and Phoebe. These people are like 110% committed. They knew what it was like to get on their knees and to pray that God would offer freedom through Jesus Christ to people who'd been living in prisons for way too long. So Acts 4 tells us a, a story about Peter and John, these followers of Jesus, show up in front of these leaders of the temple and these leaders of the Roman government. So they're all sort of standing there and they're like, what are you two doing? We heard that you two tried to heal this guy who couldn't walk in the name of Jesus and in the power of Jesus. We need you to stop doing that. You need to stop starting this crazy movement of these new churches that you're doing. We need you to stop. And they, Peter and John were like, we're not stopping. We have never seen something happen like this. We, we sat in a room with Jesus and this is what he told us we were supposed to do after he died and rose again. And this is what we're going to do. You can't stop us. And they, and they were like, all right, we're throwing you in, the, in jail for the night because if, if, if you won't listen to us and stop it, we are going to make sure to stop you. So they threw him in prison for the night. They threw him in prison for the night. And the next morning, they bring them out of, out of jail. They sit them in front of these, these leaders and these guys. And they were like, you have got to stop. And, and the Bible tells us that Peter is overcome by this moment of the Holy Spirit. And he looks at him and he says, if you're asking me not to, to offer God's healing to people, if that's what you're asking me to do, I can't stop. I'm not going to stop doing this. You're going to have to keep me in that jail. I can't stop doing what it is God has asked me to do. I'm going to keep healing. I'm going to keep sharing God's kindness. He literally said those words. I'm going to keep sharing God's kindness with the world. And we are going to watch this movement take off. It's going to be so, so good. And the people were scared of that. Those leaders were like, we don't want any part of that. And I want, I want you to read with me in Acts chapter 4, verse 25. 
So they, they realize, like, Peter and John are not going to listen to us, but we're going to tell them, we're going to release them, and if you will stop preaching and sharing this news about Jesus who died and rose again, if you'll just stop that, everything will be fine. And they're like, we can't promise that, but please let us go. And they let them go. And this is what, this is what I want you to hear. On their release, so they're released from prison, Peter and John went back to their people, and they reported all that the chief priests... And elders had said to them, they told us to stop. They told us they didn't believe in this. They wanted it to stop right now. And when they heard this, when the people heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Church, this is our roots. Things are falling apart. People are saying, I don't want kindness and goodness and that love we sang about. It's dangerous and we don't want it shared with the world. I want, you, I want you to hear that when they heard this, they raised their voice together in prayer to God. Whatever it is you're bringing with you this morning, I want you to hear that this is the root of the church. This is what they said. Sovereign Lord, they started to pray. You made the heaven and the earth. You're the creator. These leaders that are going to throw us in prisons, they built those prisons, but they didn't make the trees or the sun or the moon or the water that you baptized Jesus in. You, God, they claimed it right there. You are the creator. You are more powerful than anything else in the world. You created the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father, David. Why do the nations rage? Why is there war and craziness? Why do the people plot in vain? This is a prayer that was prayed 2,000 years ago, holed up in, the, in somebody's house. They prayed this prayer. The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against the anointed one. For thousands of years, people have been plotting against the kindness and goodness of God and they prayed. We know this. They said, indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate, these corrupt and cruel leaders, they met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus. They are working actively against what it is you are trying to build up, against whom it is you've anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, they start praying in power. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Consider the things they're threatening against us and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. When's the last time you prayed that? Enable me to speak and do your work with great boldness. Stretch out your hand. Listen to this. This is what they prayed. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly and courageously. 
If you are ready for an adventure, if you are sick and tired of living your life, just going through the motions, getting up and kind of dabbling in your purpose, if you are ready to chase your purpose, if you are ready for adventure with Jesus, now is the time. And we need to start praying with power. You are each given a worksheet. It's time for us to write down how we are going to pray with power. You are four times as likely to remember how to pray with power if you write it down right now today. And so I'm asking you as the leader of Horizon Church for us to start praying with power. The first thing we need to pray, pray with is we need to identify the prison. We need God to help us identify the prison. Those women who were in prison in Memphis, Tennessee, they knew that people just like you were waking up every morning imprisoned. You want me to tell you how you can find out if you're living, what prison it is? Where in your life are you saying, what if? What if? What if I lose my job? What if I fail at this? What if my marriage falls apart? What if my kids don't get into the school I want them to? What if? What if? What if? What if? Where are you approaching your life with a what if all around you? If you want to start praying with power, once you identify that, that uh, prison, let God change your what if to even if. Even if no one shows up to church this morning, I'm still worshiping God. Changed my approach this morning to start praying with that. Not what if two people show up, what if three... Even if no one shows up, I'm worshiping God. Even if no one stands behind me when I make this stand for the right thing at work, even if I'm going to stand and speak God's word boldly, even if, identify the prison, where are all your what ifs, and let God change it to even if. Even if I lose my job, even if my kids don't get into that school, even if we don't know where, whatever, even if, let God change from what if to even if, and you will begin to pray with power. Oh, object, object, O-B-J-E-C-T, object to human power. Where is human power corrupting and working against the healing and transforming work of God? Object it. Object it powerfully and boldly and watch things shake, right? It is time we start shaking the world up. There are people who are sick and tired of living in the world they have to get up to every day and we have the power and purpose of God to shake things up. Let's begin to object to human power that is preventing the flourishing and the goodness and the kindness of God. Object to human power. W. Worship. Make worship a part of your daily, of your rhythm of life. We ask you to gather here for one hour a week because it is in worship that our hearts and lives are transformed. It is in this place that we are fueled up to shine light and ignite change. We don't just happenstance do this every Sunday morning. We are intentional about worshiping God. Because as that becomes the rhythm of our lives, we begin to experience power that we cannot explain anymore. Make worship a rhythm of your life. And some of you are like, I can't be there in person every single Sunday. We work really hard to make this online opportunity to follow along and worship with those of us who are committed to God's power here in this place. Make worship part of the rhythm of your life. E, 
power, God's power always empowers other people. You know it's God's good, God's good news if you can't do it by yourself. If you need God to empower the people around you to pray, to teach, to sing, that is how we know it is God's work. As God empowers us to do these things together, what is it that God's asked you to step out in faith to do boldly and courageously? And who is it in your prayer time? Start asking God, who is it that you want to empower and walk this with me? Because God's power always means we're empowering other people. Does that make sense? Let's, let's make sure we're, we're including other people. We are telling other people about God's good news. There are people who are like, I don't invite people to church because folks at work, they don't, want to know, they don't want me to be religious with them. Guys, we follow a God who, who heals and transforms, who shakes prison walls. Really, honestly, God does this. If we believe in that kind of God, let's start sharing that good news with other people who need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to watch the prison walls in their own lives crumble. We will be a part of healing as we empower and tell others about God's good news. And the last thing we need to do, this is the hardest one for me, is to rest. So often we think power is about just powering through, keep going, 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 right? Let's just keep being powerful in the name of Jesus. But there is a real sense that we need to rest. In, in Acts chapter 4, verse, I can't read this, it's the last part, it, the verse will be up here. I'm going to get a bigger uh, word with, I'm going to do better um, with this. <laughs> but I just, I, it's important, okay, I promise. Rest and celebrate with others. I want y'all to listen to what the church does, what this group of people do after they speak and pray about God. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There was no needy person among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them. They bought the money from the sales, and they put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone in need. Rest and celebrate with others. They sat down at the table, and they broke bread together. When they found out somebody among them was in need of something, they said, rest. We can have more of God's power if we share what we have. They rested and celebrated. Now, the worst thing we can do today is leave this place without being committed. I think everybody in here is called to focus on one of these five areas this week so you can begin to pray with power. Right now, I want you to turn that sheet over, and on the back, I want you to write what you're going to do this week in your prayer life to begin praying with more power. Are you going to spend more time with God to identify the prison? Maybe it's addiction or a, a toxic marriage or relationships. What is it that you are going to do to let God identify the prison in your life? What are you going to do to object to human power? What are you going to do to make sure worship is a part of your rhythm of life and you are here worshiping with us either online or in person as often as you can? What are you going to do this week to share God's good news with others? And how are you going to rest? How are you going to sit down at a table with other people and share your burdens and your heartache, share your celebration and your joy? What are you going to do this week of those five to begin to pray with more power? 
There may be somebody in this room today who says, you know, Pastor Erica, I've heard you talk about Jesus and God's power, but I've never claimed that power for my own life. And I just want to tell you right now that there is no better moment than right now for you to say, I am ready, God, for the power of Jesus Christ to be real in my life. I'm ready, I'm ready for, for Jesus Christ to be my focus and my purpose giver, and I'm ready to follow him all the days of my life. If this is maybe your first time praying that prayer, I'm going to be up here in just a few minutes. I want you to come and pray with me, and we're going to talk about your next steps to following Jesus with power. There are some of you who spent a lot of time just going through the motions of your life, and, and God is ready for you to live in to the purpose God has given you with power and conviction and boldness. Make a promise to live powerfully into that today. Will you pray with me? God, I give you thanks for the prayers that you answered of our church to bring new people here today. May we continue to powerfully pray for you to bring new people here to this place to gather into your mission to shine light and ignite change. Will you show us the prisons, God? And we pray right now for the prisons in people's lives that think there's no way you're more powerful than that. We pray with them and for them, God, that you will help to bring those prison walls down. We pray right now for the people who are having a hard time at work and who need to object to some of the human power in their lives. We're praying for the people who their lives are so full they don't even have time to make worship a part of their daily or life, um, their weekly rhythm right now, God. We pray for those who are exhausted because they're doing it all by themselves. We pray that you'll empower them. And we pray, God, that in this moment we will rest in you and your love and the purpose you've given to us. That we'll be fueled up to share your power with a world desperate for it. We love you and we thank you for loving us. Amen.